tune in to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. Good afternoon, America. Today is fourth. Man, is this year flying by or what? We have a subject that is uh, close to home, a lot closer to home than many of us would like for it to be. The phrase or the um, statement, love doesn't live here anymore, is something that none of us wants to experience. As a matter of fact, more of you than Meet the eye are going through that very thing right now. You're pulling up in the driveway every day. You're wondering, huh, taking a deep breath, scratching your head, not even wanting to go into your own home because the person that's on the other side of the door or the person that might come through the door is less than someone that you want to see. Have you found yourself being in a crowded room, feeling all alone? Have you found yourself sitting, thinking, and talking. But what's the point? No matter what you think about, no matter what you talk about, no one is really listening, or maybe everybody's listening with the exception of a person that you really wish would pay you some attention. Making matters even worse, is this a time in your life where you are looking up and you spent years, for many decades, for a few years, few others months, with someone that you just knew, okay, this is it. I think I have finally found the right person. And that person wasn't right at all, and you're asking yourself this question, you know, why didn't I find this out sooner? How How did I spend all of this time cuddled up with you, making love to you, sharing resources with you, taking care of your kids that aren't mine or exposing your natural children to this person? Now it's, it's all up in the air. You don't know whether you want to leave. You don't want to know if you want to stay, whether you want to come, whether you want to go. Well, here's the good news. After we get through with this program today, there's going to be a great deal of information put out there that will allow you to make a decent decision, a decision that's not going to leave you in a limbo, that's not going to leave you stuck, and more importantly, a decision that could change the rest of your life for the better. Getting started, we ask these, ourselves these questions, you know, what's going on here? You know, as hard as it is, sometimes we just need to accept that a relationship is over and move on. However, prior to doing that, you might want to think about it. Why? Well, relationships go through seasons, and, and some of these seasons you ask yourself, is this as bad as it seems? Today, I'm going to give you the evidence I'm going to give you some things to think about, and if any of these things come up on your list, it may be just that time for you. Hopefully not. So that's why I'm doing this show today. Make sure you go and listen to the archives of this um, this program from last Sunday night 
It was informative. I uh, just like today, the lines were lit up. Calls um, and listeners from all over the, the globe, basically, were shooting me emails and saying, hey, Doc, thank you for doing this program. I really need this. Being honest, I just don't know what to do. So here's what we, what I don't want you to do today. Sometimes you can become so blinded by things and you ignore very clear signs that your relationship is at best kaput. You do your best to overlook things. You overlook the obvious in place of the positive. Uh, you, you start slowly um, making more and more excuses for things that are apparently not right. They, you know for a fact that it's difficult for any of us, and that's me included, so I don't think I'm immune, to invest your time into a relationship that over and, and over and longer and longer, you see that it's becoming very one-sided. For many men, it's really hard because here's this woman that you've been building your hopes on, you've been providing for, you've attached yourself to. She knows all your secrets. Or for many women, you've even given him children. You've given birth and have uh, some little mini-me's that look exactly like him running around, and you've sacrificed your life for either being a... The hardest job in the world is to be a stay-at-home mom because you never get a dying day off. You never get to take vacation. It's always there, always cleaning up, picking up, washing up, or if you're doing something as arduous as working a full-time job and being a wife and being a mother. But, my God, you know, it's very difficult for you to face a day such as today. I want you to know that as we do this program, these things that I'm telling you are things that I want you to consider. If you ask, well, Dr. Young, are these really signs? Are these warning signs? Hell, yes, they're warning signs. I'm not going to sit here and do an hour-long program to tinker with your emotions and your mindsets for ratings. This program is well, uh, well received globally. I don't have to do that. I don't have to appease you. I don't have to go after ratings. Um, what I go after in every broadcast is quality. My desire is that we give you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life, and today we're going to do just that. Here's something, and get your pen and paper. You guys know when you're listening to this program, you need to have a pen and paper, a tablet, or an iPad handy. But I'll write this stuff down today. The program is over. You can listen to it again and listen to the archive. As a matter of fact, listen to the first episode of the program, uh, the part one of this. It, uh, when you get finished listening to both of those things, and if you find that a significant amount of that information that's been presented is present in your life, homeboy, girlfriend, maybe time for you to go ahead and uh, start considering your other options. Here's the first thing. It's so simple. When something seems off with your significant other, be it she's not smiling and not happy all the time, or he's not smiling, not happy all the time, and this just isn't the person that you remember, that's something that you do not ignore because at the very worst, it could be an indication that it's over, but at the very least, it's a sign that's telling you, you know what, something is not right. Something's wrong here. The other thing is when your significant other tends to keep 
the distance. You remember, just think about it. When you first started dating, you met this person on one of these, um, on Match.com, eHarmony, your family just doted over. This is the perfect man, the perfect woman for you. You finally come in contact. What did you do? Now, now think back. Let, let's use some common sense here. You fantasized about them. You, when you saw their name light up in a text message from them or a phone call, you took that call. And that was usually a pretty, um, just a pretty strong indicator that you are in the, into this person. You're feeling them. They, they have your attention. You, everything is everything at that point. Well, let's flip that coin. Now, when you call, they don't answer the phone or at least not readily. Now, for some of you people that have dependent personality disorder and insecure, I'm not telling you crazy behind because someone didn't doesn't answer the phone uh, that they don't want you. That That is not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that when it is on a consistent basis, and here's what I mean by consistent, because people can work on projects at work. They can have good or bad days. They can have moods that – aren't exactly the best of, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when for a week goes by. And I would say give most people a week. You know, everything can happen, fellas, from a woman, you know, being premenstrual to someone having financial issues or health problems. You know, they're sick. They don't feel like talking. Okay, that doesn't mean that they don't dig you anymore. However, when you see a week go by, and your calls, your text messages are being ignored. When that person that used to Skype you doesn't want to Skype you anymore, FaceTime you anymore, do the Google chat thing, that is usually a pretty clear sign that this person is in one of three hemispheres, okay? And hemisphere means two, so I get it. I just really foopod that one. But the point I'm making is one of three places. Um, either something is going on in their life and they just need to deal with it solo meal. They don't want you involved. That's the one when you go, thank goodness. Now, here's the bad thing, though. The other sign is that they're pissed at you. They're pretty tired. They're going through something that's not allowing them to move forward with you. When we see signs like that, that means that we are not in a position to move forward, to do the things that we need to do. That means that more than likely, it is a pretty, pretty clear sign that something is going very wrong and that you need to have a conversation with this individual. Now, let's take this a step further. If that goes on, for more than two weeks, that is pretty much a sign that your relationship, if it's not in the tank, it is definitely headed that way. Here's number three. As we look at relationships and looking at people, um, what people don't say can be as impacting as what they do say. I'll give you an example of this. When you are asking questions about the nature of the relationship and you're saying, okay, where are we going with things right now? What, do, um, what direction are we headed in? 
And in that person's mind, it's it's a wrap. I can tell you this. They pretty much just smile and ignore you, or they change the subject. They never really address it. That's a time when you add, you need to pay attention and realize that this is a – typically it's an early warning sign, but in some instances it can be – and again, all of these things I'm saying to people that are in committed relationships that cohabitate or are married, and you have been for more than six months to a year, these are like just huge red flags, and these are red flags you do not want to ignore. When they start uh, no longer talking about a future – that has you included in it, <laughs> you know. Like I think I'm, uh, I'm thinking about going to Switzerland and going and going to the equator or something like that. When people start making these statements and you're not part of that conversation, you might want to ask yourself why and don't ignore it. Now, when and and here's the part two to that because that comes in two parts. When and also, as you see that. Actions and the words marry in this area. Well, here's what I mean by this. When they're not included in a conversation that has something to do with going somewhere for the weekend or going on a vacation or something like that, but beyond them not including you in the conception of it, but the things that they used to include you in, you are no longer invited. Decisions to do anything and go anywhere no longer include you, uh, taking include taking you into consideration. But it's like you know what I'm going to do what I want to do. I you know I'm not even going to tell you that I'm playing golf with the boys uh, today. I'm not going to say to you that me and my girlfriends are going out and you're like where are you going? Well, I'm going out with the girls. Oh really? You didn't mention that. Well, that's probably because you did not matter. And uh, and I know this sounds so doomsday, but I'm going to tell you, when women or men ignore signals like this, and then later you turn around and you wonder what happened, here's what happened. Your butt was stuck on stupid. You were sleeping the very evidence that things are going wrong. Now, I'm not calling you stupid, but what I'm saying is there are times when we need to just pull our heads out of our butts and stop thinking that everything's okay when everything is not okay. Here's another big clue. I mentioned verbally you're not included in the conversation, and then I said demonstratively that you are being excluded. You know, as this person makes plans, execute these plans, they don't seek your uh, advice, they don't talk to you about it, but this gets even deeper. When their body language, the brow lift, the smacked lips, um, staring into the abyss while you are out at dinner, being more engaged in things that are just nebulous things, you know, watching a leaf blow across the yard rather than talk to you. That's an obvious sign that their intimacy is being avoided. Now, what, what do I mean by that? When the person that was dating you at first, and I'm not talking about some people are just introverted and they're not into public displays of affection, 
However, if you're married and cohabitating and somebody doesn't want to hold your hand, I think you are crazy if you're putting up with that because it's it's really going to fly south from there. But if this is a relationship where you're questioning, okay, do I step it up or do I step out? And you see that this person that when they first dated you would hold your hand, put their arms around you. Um, I, I had one lady uh, talk to me and she was saying, Dr. Young, I can get out the shower, not have on any clothes, and this man does not want to make love to me. He doesn't even notice me. And I asked her, I said, well, have you, and please, anyone that's gained a lot of weight, don't start writing me because you know your ass is out of shape and you need to work out. But I I asked the question, I said, well, have you had any body changes in the last six months, a year? So have you gained 20 extra pounds? Have you... um, unfortunately had any sicknesses or illness or anything like that? And she said, no. Hmm. Well, let me tell you something, ladies. Any man that can look at a woman that is scantily clad, and especially if you have nothing on but some, as the old people would say, some baby powder or some baby oil, and he's not looking at you, that is a huge sign that something is wrong especially if we're dealing with someone who has a high sex drive. Men, and pardon this, if your kid's in the room, cover their ears on the count of five. Ready? One, two, three, four, five. And I hope you covered your baby's ears because I'm going to keep it real right now. Men love looking at nipples, butts, and vaginas. Some weird brothers like looking at feet, you know, but the bottom line is, if you are standing there displaying what you know to be his heart's desire in terms of what gets his juices flowing, and he's ignoring that, come on, girlfriend. Now, I'm not saying for some of you that are living in the 50s and 60s, it may be you might want to just trim your pubic hair instead of having what appears to be an afro in your, uh, you know, down there, but if you are practicing good hygiene and you are taking care of your body and your man is not stimulated by you, that is a big, big problem. Now, next step. When you find yourself always into something about any and everything, that is, when I say uh, if there was a If there was a huge, major red flag, this one fits. You know those flags that hang out in front of the car dealership, the kind that if it fell off, it could cover up a truck? That's how big that red flag is. When you and your spouse will fight over everything, like uh, we're going to die to East Eggs White, this silly stuff, that is something you cannot ignore. Yes. It's frustration, and it's being projected on menial uh, events and things and people and places. But the truth be told, that frustration has little to do with what you're arguing about and much more to do with the fact that you guys are disconnecting if you are not already disconnected. And when a man does this, ladies, I am really going to put this out there. Brothers, don't write me. I'm just keeping it real and trying to help, help some of these ladies because, believe it or not, that lady is going to eventually be your daughter or your sister or somebody. Um, the truth is when that man is arguing with you over nebulous crap and you're fighting like two old, old buzzards over a piece of dead meat, that is a sign that the end, if it's not present, is very near. 
Now, here's here's uh, getting to this common sense element, and I know that in most uh, people's opinion, there's no such thing as common sense, but Dr. Gamble, a friend of mine, said, uh, son, there is a such thing as common sense. So let's assume that Dr. Gamble is correct in his estimation. Trust your feelings. The one thing that I tell every single married adult who comes into my office asking, Doc, what do I do? It's real simple. It's something that if you don't follow it, and I'm going to tell you this, distinguish your feelings from moods. That's number one. A mood is something that comes and goes. You can dismiss it. You can have one thing happen that will shake it. You know, you can be in a bad mood, go through a coat pocket, find $100, all of a sudden your mood got a little bit better, right? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about feelings where if you went in your coat pocket and found $500, you probably feel a little better, but it wouldn't change much. That's when you know that Feelings are there. Feelings are more permanent. And when something is eating at you, it's gnawing at your gut, when you know for a fact that these things that you want to ignore cannot be ignored, when you know that these things are telling you, you know, something's just not right here, don't ignore that. That is, you keep praying and you're saying, God, give me a hint. Please show me what to do next. Uh, give me an indication whether I should stay in this thing, whether I should leave. Let me know. Let me know that if if this is the end of the road, give me a sign. Hell, that's your damn sign. That's one of them. <laughs> you know, you can't uh, unstrike a match. Yeah, there was a. I found this piece of uh, art. And it was talking about relationships, and it was, and I loved it. It said, just like a broken mirror, you cannot put your put the pieces back without probably cutting yourself. There are times when you need to just cut your losses. Uh, and again, I know this is not something that you want to come to. Hell, who wants to look at their life and say, okay, I've spent the last uh, several weeks, the last several months with this person. I wake up with them, I go to bed with them, I make love to them, and now we don't even speak anymore. We don't talk anymore. This is the same person that months and weeks ago, if you just uh, unbutton your blouse, he's trying to breastfeed off you like a hungry baby. This is the same woman that when things, when another woman looked at you, she was ready to rip her eyes out. Now she doesn't care if you go to a strip joint. Come on. Come on. Really? Do you really need someone at that stage of the game to tell you to trust your feelings? Mind this. It's okay to trust your gut. When you know, when something, you know something's not right and every part of your being says that it is, hell, you are probably right. Now, if that's if that hammer doesn't bust you in the head, maybe this one will. If you and the person that you are attached to find you, and every time you look up, you are arguing about money, what movie to go see. That's one thing. You know that that's a big red flag there. 
But when this other person starts calling you stupid and putting you down, and especially if they talk about you in front of your children or your friends, all I'm going to say is, what in the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) Think about this. Does someone who loves and honors and respects you, especially if you guys took vows together, especially if you got married, especially if you have the keys to the same door, especially if you have given birth or adopted a child with this person, and they, in front of your family, your friends, tell you how stupid you are, it's pretty much over. Now, now, I'm going to back that up. I have worked with people. I had one instance where this woman was so greedy for her lifestyle that she would just cry, and this guy would call her everything but spot the dog, tell her how stupid she was and what have you, but she just didn't want to let go of that purse or that pocketbook. Well, let me tell you something. You're getting what you deserve. If you are stupid enough, to stay in a relationship, all because some. if you're a married woman, hell, file a divorce, you're going to get something, some child support, alimony. But have you ever stopped to think that God gave you a brain that if you are healthy mentally and emotionally, you can fend for yourself? Have you sold out being a respectable, decent woman all because you can't count on anything beyond yourself? I mean, someone else to take care of you. Let me say it another way. Start counting on yourself. No one, absolutely no one, gentlemen, should treat you like this. That woman shouldn't be telling you how dumb you are and I'll go sleep with somebody else. Well, you know, go sleep with them and keep waking up with them. Get your butt out of my house. If that man keeps telling you how what he he can leave you for, bye. I promise you, ladies, in the words of the old women, you'll get some more britches to walk through your door. Gentlemen, she's not the only one on earth. Stop allowing a person that you have invested your heart, your feelings, and emotions in to degrade you and to berate you. Now, here's another sign. When you keep getting stood up for dates, for you people that live together, I don't know how in the heck you guys do it because I I would be gone in a heartbeat. But if this person that shares your last name, that shares your address, stands you up, or is the real deal, you would rather spend a night petting a cactus than be with them again tonight. You're so glad when they do council plans or when they do have to work late. Why are you there? Why are you still sitting thinking about trying to uh, resuscitate a dead person? Think about this, (laughs) and I want you to picture it because I I love to create these visual pictures. What if you were attending the funeral of someone that you really don't give a damn about, you really don't like, you, you you feel like you don't even know them, and you watch some fool run down there, pinch their nose, Start trying to breathe into them and resuscitate them, right? That is a necrophiliac. That's someone that is in love with something that is dead. Have you gotten so uh, short and and devoid of self-esteem that you are actually trying to resuscitate a corpse and that corpse being the relationship you're in? Or 
are you really aware that you would rather spend a night, um, what, counting the blades of grass in your yard than being out with this person anymore? You would rather look at a fish and count the scales on it rather than have this person touch you. Perhaps it's time for you to go bye-bye. Perhaps it's time for you to put your pride in, in a sock or in a jar somewhere and seal it permanently. Go stay with a friend. I mean, seriously. Go and humble yourself. Give your friends some rent money. They'll probably be happy. They don't have to pay a full house note again. They'll probably be happy that someone is there to keep them company. Now, I didn't say go move into the friend's house and don't ever move out. I didn't say that. You know, you, you'll not only lose the person you're with, you're going to lose a friend too. But the truth is put your pride aside and position yourself to have clarity of thought. Now, here's something that is a sign that you really need to go ahead and punch the clock on this thing. It may not be so obvious at first, but here are some signs that you are ready to call it quits in a relationship. When you start flirting with people, you know, if you're a woman and you start flirting with men and you're a man and you start noticing other women and, you know, you would even actually, if you could, take it there. Don't make matters worse than they already are. Just put your big girl panties on and realize, you know what, it's really time for me to get out of this. There's, I can't be loyal to you. How are you going to be loyal to someone when you're thinking about, you know, leaving your underwear on somebody else's floor? You're thinking about doing something strange for some change, going to the hotel. Really? I mean, think about it. Here's another one. When it just becomes sex, you know, it's like one of those things where, uh, to some of you, you know, you're so horny that you're sitting up there, well, hell, I wish he would at least sleep with me. No, you don't. Listen, anytime you get to a point where someone uses you as an ejaculative receptacle, <laughs> I repeat that because I just made that one up, sounds good, though, an ejaculative receptacle, where they just want to use you to get to, uh, to go ahead and pop their cookies, as I heard one woman say, or just to do that, do what they do. And right afterwards, you don't even talk to each other. You know, you get finished. No one wants to hold nobody. No one wants to say, wow, that was so good. What do you think of yourself? Have you really sold yourself that short? Are you really at a place where you think so little of whom and what you are? that you're ready to just let yourself be treated like something that uh, that just doesn't matter? Really? Is that Have things gotten that bad where you just don't care anymore? Well, I'll tell you what. Here's what I want you to do. We're going to take a, uh, we're going to take a minute, and I'm going to play a song. It was written and produced by... Uh, friend of mine is I'm quite sure you know his name his name is Mr. Tony Terry and if your feelings are the exact opposite of this song for the person that you're feeling and you want to feel this way but you know it's not about or with the person that you're currently with maybe it's time to take a check now when this is over we're going to come back and uh, I'm going to give you some more tips we're going to recap these things that we've already talked about hopefully 
you will make up your mind to stop settling for less than you deserve. Listen to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young, and we'll be right back right after this. Thank you. 
when your lady stops doing her hair, she stops going and getting waxed and keeping certain parts of her body presentable, or when that man of yours, he's every time he looks decent and is dressed, it's because he's walking out the door, not walking in the door to you. Hey, red flag, dummy, wake up. You are in a bad situation. That is a sign that things perhaps may be heading in the wrong direction. Another thing, are you spending all of your time um, basically not even paying attention to each other? Has your relationship become a series of excuse me's, hey, what's up, how you doing, things that you basically say to somebody that you don't even know at Walmart. I mean, seriously, when, you're, when it comes to this place in your life where the best that you have is something that's not all that good, is that really where you want to take your life? Is that really the thing that you want to do? Uh, okay, I'm getting a note now. Someone's, uh, what's this say? Okay, someone wants to know, how do I get over this? I'm going to give you some things. First thing that you do is give yourself a date. Write down a date on a piece of paper that you are going to exit stage left, meaning if you are cohabitating, if you're married, that means a date where you say either they got to go or you got to go. Somebody's got to go. Put the date on it. Until you put a date on it, you cannot measure how serious you are. Because if that date comes and you let it go, you cannot blame someone for mistreating you. You're allowing them to. You just put a date on it. You don't even respect your own commitment to change. So why in the hell would they? But the first thing, put a date on it. Second thing, start mapping out your exit strategy. There's this saying, only a fool begins a journey without first assessing its cost. Map out your exit strategy. Think about, okay, how much money am I going to need? If, if this is a time where you have blended resources, don't go and take all the money out the account. That is the crappiest thing you can do to somebody, you know, because you're messing up your credit, especially if you're both married. I don't know how you think you're going to hurt them without hurting yourself. You know, that's real stupid. But the truth of it is you are getting ready to go. Take out half of the money. Ladies, I'm warning you. I am so warning you right now. Men, too, never leave someone stranded financially, but don't screw yourself. I've watched more women in the heat of bang. I just want to go, just go. And you snot running out your nose and you cry and then you leave and you had a half million dollars, a million dollars you left on the table and it's three months later and you eating peanut butter and white crackers. Well, your dumb butt did that. Nobody told you to let your emotions replace your common sense. Use your head. Map out what you're doing, especially if children are involved. You need to take a little extra. Meaning, and I, and again, I'm not saying be deceitful and steal somebody's money. I'm not saying that. But here's what happens. When those pay, everybody says, well, we had an agreement, and we said if we break up, it would go this way. That's bullshit. You know what that is. That's bull. So the truth of it is, is you need to protect yourself. You know, you, this saying, God bless the child who's got his own, man is there about full of truth in that one. 
divide the assets straight down the middle and take your half. After you take your half, then call an attorney. The minute that this other person gets wind of the fact that you are really serious in leaving, they are not going to be as amicable as you think they are. I mean, I have seen people actually act right during a divorce about as much as I've seen Haley's. Okay, it is, if it does happen, you are dealing with, the, with an exceptionally mature individual. But if this person has been apathetic and different, uh, callous and cold to you, what in the hell makes you think that when you hit them where it hurts the most that they're actually going to be benevolent? Are you crazy? I mean, being honest, if that can go that way for you, I, I'm all for it because I think, especially when kids are involved, you do need to part as friends. You do need to try to remain cordial because your children are observing this, and I don't care if your kids are grown or they're toddlers. Kids are affected by a divorce, so you need to be respectful and civil and not talk about each other and tell your friends and in-laws, don't talk about my child's father or mother, especially in front of them, and be honest, not even to you. But the truth be told, you must prepare yourself. You must uh, predispose assets and, and, and have them where they are readily available to you so that you can get on with your life. We, you know, the world is very unforgiving, and though people will sympathize with you, even empathize with you, they're not going to pay your damn bill. And at three dollars and fifty cents a gallon, if you're driving my car, three seventy a gallon for gas. Hey, come on, your friends will be about good for maybe two or three tanks of gas, and they may help you with your rent once. So, put your money aside. Second thing is think about logistics. If you have been a stay-at-home mom, start now thinking about either going back to school, getting that certification, completing that degree, getting that license so that you can become an independent person. The last thing you want to do in the world is get out in the world and not have a plan. That will, you think you're depressed. Let me give you something. The only thing that will make things worse than where they are right now is if you get out there and you are stuck on stagnancy and complacency. I'm telling you, it's a setup for emotional and mental ruin, so don't do that to yourself. So move the money, have a plan for your life. And the third thing is life isn't over. I don't give a damn if you're 50 years old, 60 years old. Yet life isn't over. 50 is the new 35, okay? 40 is the new 28. I mean, times have changed. Be prepared. All of the things that you had set for goals in your life, that degree that you got that you never used because you sacrificed your life to be a wife and a mother or fellas, all of those uh, dreams you had that she kept telling you you were too stupid or too dumb to accomplish, now is the time to really stop and put some thought behind the stuff and, and, and think about it and say, hey, you know what? I am capable of doing anything I want. And a lot of you have let other people, especially this lack of a mate that you had, just shoot down your dreams. Don't let them continue to castrate your dreams and they're not even present any longer. <clears throat> Put legs under your dreams. Put dates and times on this thing. Next thing that you do, I understand that it's really easy to go back and forth wondering, should I do this? Am I doing the right thing? 
I understand. I get it. I get it. Here's what you do. You write down the five things about this relationship that have been horrendous, that have hurt you, that keep resurfacing over and over. And then you write down the good things. You probably won't get to five, but if you do, that's cool. Now, after you write them down, write down the frequency in which these things are present. Hmm, see, that's something, isn't it? In other words, what I'm telling you to do is give yourself a stereographic view of your life by writing down five good things and then put a dash by it and say this happens once a month. Sex is good. happens once a month. We have kids. Okay, they're there all the time, so you don't need them to be a good parent. Um, I like this neighborhood. Hell, move somewhere down the street or move in a liking neighborhood. But is your house a home? You know, write down these things and really look at the uh, how relative they are, how frequently these circumstances occur. And, you know, is this something that you can create by yourself? You know, you can live in a good neighborhood by yourself. You can have new friends by yourself, okay? And then look at the bad things and realize, okay, what is that doing for my children? Am I teaching my daughter to be called the B word and to have a man that comes in and out the house smelling like dope? smelling like another woman, uh, or lying to me all the time. Really? Is that really good for you? Or, you gentlemen, if you have a woman that every time you look up, she's complaining, whining, she's depressed, she's embittered, she's taking pill after pill. I mean, really, bro, that's as good as you can do. And, And I do get it. I understand that for a lot of us, we have been with someone so long that, you know, they're part of the furniture. They're part of life. However, that's why they have new furniture. <laughs> you know, that's why God lets tomorrow come. It is not the end of the world. You can still love someone and be supportive of them in your own damn apartment, <laughs> you know, in, in, your, in a new home. You, it doesn't mean that you've abandoned them. And, and being honest, How can you really love and be there for someone else when you're not really loving and fully there for yourself? Is is that a possibility? Of course it isn't. You know, when you start making everyone else happy at your expense, who have you helped? Thinking even deeper. If life doesn't challenge you, then can it change? Can the circumstances change you? Really take an inventory of who you are. There's been so many times and so many ways that you've tried and tried and tried to allow someone else's opinion to define you. Isn't it time for that to stop? Isn't it time that you have something better to think about than what else happened wrong today? Isn't it about time that you treated yourself with enough respect to realize that, you know, I can do better. I don't have to live like this. I don't have to 
uh, lay in my bed, no sex drive. I'm taking medication just so I can cope. One of the worst things that I have seen in my life uh, since I've been in practice is the number of people that walk in my office that are doing everything from smoking pot to drinking themselves into a stupor just to survive another day of their lives. Is that you? Have you gotten to this place in your life that it matters more to you how other people feel than how you are? Are you so afraid to step out and to be on your own that you have imprisoned yourself in a dungeon that you're calling your life while your children are sitting there looking at you and you're teaching your kids, you know what, it's okay. It's okay to be called out your name. It's okay. It's okay for someone to not uh, treat you right. It's okay for you to hear arguing and screaming. Let me tell you something. It, it, why is it easier for you to say you're mad than to admit that you are hurt? Why is it easier for you to continue living a lie and living an illusion when you know damn well that's not what you deserve? You know, you cannot continue down this path. Love does not love anybody. When it's all said and done, you can get back things. You may even be able to get back some money, but you will never get back the time that you're throwing away right now. Never will you be the same age again. As a matter of fact, let me give you something to think about it. Right now, you will never be this young again. And right now, you uh, are as old as you have ever been. In this very moment, what are you doing with that reservoir of opportunity? Are you taking yourself serious enough to really look in the mirror and say, you know what, I deserve better than this. I may not be all that. I may not be uh, the bell of the ball, and I might not be Hercules, but I'll be damn, I am somebody special. What good is that? If you don't recognize it, why is someone else going to recognize something wonderful about you when you keep forgetting how wonderful you are? This person is treating you the way that they treat you because you allow them to. You are basically sanctioning someone to take your life and flush it down the toilet right in the midst of you living it. Are you crazy? Why do that to yourself? You know, and, and breakup don't break down. And if you're going through this and crying as much as you're laughing every other day, one five minutes you're happy, the next five minutes you don't know what the hell, and the next five minutes you're despondent, I suggest that you go to drdvonyoung.com, get breakup, don't break down, and do the exercises in the book. Don't just read it. That's probably what's wrong now is you keep wanting to quick fix the stuff. But you know, stop and meditate on where you really are in your life. God doesn't want you to be miserable. And if you're thinking about because of some religious something you've read, well, you know, the Lord says to death do us part. That didn't mean kill each other. That didn't mean that you had to die while you're still living. As a matter of fact, 
if you would quit letting some pastor tell you a bunch of mess about life and read the word for yourself, you will find in the Quran, the I Ching, the Bible, uh, the Tao, there every religious text that has ever been scribed and divinely influenced and made available to man gives a plethora of uh, reasons and and guidelines that say, okay, it is time to leave this mess right now. But for whatever reason, you think so little of yourself that you are going to stay there and take less than what you deserve? Let me tell you something. You can never jump high enough, nor will you ever be able to bow down low enough to change another person. If it means that you have to be alone for a minute, then so be it. Be alone for a minute. Isn't it better for you to live a life that is real rather than live a lie? Why keep and continue impersonating yourself when the real you is good enough? You deserve to be happy. You deserve to be loved. Isn't it about time you start loving yourself and being happy with and for yourself. Now, with all of those things said, I want you to go back, and uh, I know I was going to recap those reasons, but we're about running out of time, so what I want you to do is simple. Listen to the archive of this program. Make sure you have a pen and paper. Listen to part one of this program. The things that you will find there will change your life for the better, I assure you, if you haven't already done so. Go to Facebook, go to D. Yvonne Young. It's spelled like Ivan, D-I-V-A-N-Y-U-N-G. Three things, one D, middle name Ivan, last name Young. And hit the follow button, hit the like button. There's always content there. Also visit drdivonyoung.com. That's Dr. D-R, no period, just D-R-D-I-V-A-N-Y-U-N-G.com. There's lots of stuff there, everything from the ability to sign up and meet with me one-on-one, if not uh, to do an entire program, to just meet once and get some clarity about what's going on in your life or what's not going on in your life, all the way down to self-help materials, meditation CDs, books and the like, uh, blogs to read, radio programs to read. There's just a plethora of stuff there for you. So with that said, as you go through the rest of this week, I want you to take the time to think about you. Think about everything that you deserve yourself. Is this really all that's there for me? Is my world, the world that I know, coming to an end right now? I guarantee you it's not. This is only the beginning. You've been listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. I love you madly. Have an awesome weekend. See you Sunday night. Bye-bye.